Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. I hope that you'll consider sharing my podcast with your friends and family. It's a lot of things to get into today, a lot of great stories out there over what happened on the weekend, so I'm going to dive right in. I do hope that you'll consider going to Apple Podcasts after you've listened and give me a review. Let me know how I did. I'd love to hear what you think. Remember, you can also reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Ladies and gents, one of the uh, goals that I have with the most recent episodes is that I'm working at trying to complete a mailing list or compile a mailing list, I should say, of listeners for the show. Um, In this week's show notes, you're going to find a link there. If you want to sign up, I am up to 13 people on the mailing list. So I have a baker's dozen right now. Uh, This is the list that I'm going to be using when a new episode comes out. You'll be the first one to receive it. Uh, When I do a live episode, which I'm starting to get the courage to think about doing that, uh, these will be the people that I contact first and say, hey, I'm going to be going live at such and such a time if you'd like to come on and talk. Uh, But I haven't, like I said, I haven't done that yet, but I'm hoping to do that. So there's a spot on the questionnaire uh, for you, for your email, and you'll be the first ones to get the podcast. When it gets published, the first place I'm sending it is to that email list. So if you'd like to sign up, I'd love for you to sign up. You don't have to, but I'd love for you to consider doing that. Now, there were several things in the news that I wanted to touch on this week, and probably one of the funniest things I have seen since I've been following footy was the events that transpired prior to the Adelaide and West Coast game this weekend. If you hadn't seen this, I don't know where you were, but it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, The Crows were putting together their game plan in terms of how they're going to deal with the different players on the opposition. And Riley O'Brien managed to send out his game plan on how he was going to be combating against Nick Natanui during the course of the game. And I believe I saw the word lazy in the uh, in the description in terms of, you know, you're going to have to outrun him and be able to, ha- to handle him that way. Well, O'Brien was embarrassed by this, of course. You know, I, there was nothing malicious here. I've seen game plans in other sports, and it basically talked about how you have to exploit this weakness of this player in order for your team to have success. So if you felt that by you know being able to outrun Nick Nat during the course of the game was going to make your ruck position more effective, then that's what you were going to try to do. You know, so the uh, the game didn't work out for the Crows again. They they dropped another one, but uh, the funny thing was at the end of the game where Nick Nat actually presented Riley O'Brien with a new cell phone because his was broken. He showed the screen in a little uh, mea culpa, not unlike the one that I did earlier this week. Uh, if you happen to listen, because being a cat supporter, I picked Brisbane to beat the Cats, and I just thought the Cats were going to have a bit of a hiccup after game 300 and 350 for Selwood and Ablett and going into a hub and all that sort of thing. And Brisbane having beat Port Adelaide, well, you can listen to it for yourself. It's one I put out uh, a few days ago, and I feel bad for having chosen against the uh, the Cats. So if you're a Magpie supporter, you know where this uh, tip is going to go for this week. Um, but I thought that was rather funny. You know, again, we had some other significant injuries. You know, if you're watching the Hawthorne game the other night, you can't help but feel bad for Jonathan Patton. And Jonathan Patton is somebody, when I first started watching the game a few years ago, four years ago or so, I noticed playing with with GWS was a 
you know, looked like a big brute of a guy, you know, was a pretty solid goal kicker. And then he struggled with injuries for the last couple of years. And that has not really changed. And he'd gotten himself healthy this year and had played a little bit, had tweaked, uh, I believe, a, uh, a hamstring a few weeks ago and then came back and then redid that hamstring again uh, during the game this week. And if you could see the, uh, if you watched the game and you saw the pain on his face, it was just, you felt bad for him. And again, I'm not a, a Hawthorne supporter. I'm not a GWS supporter. You know, Jonathan Patton seems like a wonderfully nice human being. And I, I genuinely felt bad for him seeing him looking that despondent sitting on the bench because he's going to be out for what, three, four, five weeks. Who knows how long he's going to be out. And, you know, he's going to have to be concerned about whether or not that uh, hamstring is going to cause another issue because he's had leg issues quite a number of times over the last couple of years. Now, perhaps the other team that is maybe the most snake bit in terms of injuries this year is Sydney. And they dropped two more starters this weekend. Josh Kennedy got dinged up again, hurt his knee. Isaac Heaney banged up his ankle pretty badly, and it sounds like that Isaac Heaney is going to be done for the rest of the season. Kennedy, it sounds like, might be out for a month, maybe six weeks. But Heaney sounds like he's going to have to undergo surgery uh, to repair some ligaments in his ankle. So he's probably not going to be back this season. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't think that what went on last week between them and Richmond in terms of trying to keep the score combined at 60 points, which was, you know, really rough footy to watch. You know, it's it's one where, you know, that was kind of like an NFL score right there when, you know, when the scores generally in the AFL are considerably higher. Now, I don't think that, that the Swans were intentionally trying to keep the score down, but I think that they have realized that they're struggling to, to score points and they don't have a lot of talls in their lineup right now. They lost Naismith. Buddy Franklin is not there to to do what Buddy does down inside the uh, the offensive arc. So they're struggling to score points. So if they've got to try to you know limit what the other team can do, well, they secretively might be trying to do that. So I think if you're a Swans fan, you're probably going to see quite a few more of those low-scoring games in the coming weeks. You know, so I don't think that's something that's going to be a, uh, a novelty. I think that's going to become more of an everyday type occurrence, which is too bad because, you know, City's got some, some pretty strong kids on that team. And those young kids, they may surprise some folks. Okay, they may squeak out a few wins here, but I, I think they're going to struggle to score some points until they get some people back healthy. Now, it's great to see West Coast. It's great to see Fremantle. It's great to see Adelaide back home and playing home games at their own ovals. That's terrific. Now, Optus is going to be a, uh, a hotbed for games here in the coming weeks, as is the Adelaide Oval. But, uh, you know, round seven is going to start with, with the Pies and the Cats there in, uh, at Optus Stadium in Perth. And it's, I think that might be the game of the week right there. You know, and the Dockers and the Eagles, they get to come home and play in the Western Derby. And from what I've seen, they've decided that this is going to be a home game for the Dockers. So there's going to be very limited access for Eagles fans into the stadium, unless a Dockers supporter decides to sell their tickets, which who knows? Maybe that's something somebody decides to do and uh, earn themselves, you know, a few extra bucks. I don't know if that's even legal to do that, quite frankly. Um, but, you know, after last week's 
come from behind victory, the Dockers have got to be brimming with confidence. So, you know, the Western Derby ought to be one heck of a matchup. Now, Adelaide comes home. They've been, uh, you know, they've been struggling up in the hub in, uh, in Queensland. And I hope that's going to turn around, but I, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Okay, I, I'm not sure if they're going to be uh, getting things turned around, but you know, Richmond's going to be heading off to a hub soon. Essendon is. St. Kilda's going to be in Adelaide here very soon. I think that Essendon is heading to Adelaide as well, and they'll be playing. Um, they'll be playing down there as well. But several teams, you know, the Victorian teams have to find somewhere to go. So summer's going to be summer going to be staying up in uh, Queensland, and summer heading to South Australia and to West Australia. So we're starting to see the hubs shift a little bit. And uh, I, I think there's going to be some great footy being played out at Optus here in the coming weeks. And who knows, maybe we'll see a preview for a, uh, a grand final there, if that's where they end up playing it. Now, I, I, you know, there, there's some things that went on this weekend that, uh, that quite frankly shocked me. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not a Hawthorne supporter, but, you know, I've, I've read up enough on the club. I, I know a little bit about the history, the history of the club. I know they've had a lot of very good recent success with their three-peat. And, you know, Alistair Clarkson is considered to be, you know, like the, the dean of senior coaches in the league. You know, if you go and you look at the, uh, the coaches that are around the league, six of them that are senior coaches have been on his staff at one time or another. So he is somebody who is very well thought of, highly revered, arguably the best coach in the game. But Hawthorne is really struggling right now. Now, again, they played a really tough opening part of the season as far as their schedule. They played, I think, four of the top six teams that were in the finals last year, if I'm not mistaken. So they played some tough competition to start the season out, and they're really struggling. And I saw something online today on Facebook that somebody has actually started a petition on that website, change.org, for the removal of Alistair Clarkson as the senior coach of the Hawks. I think that's a crazy idea. I think that's a crazy idea because he has been the senior coach for what, I believe 15, 16 years? Four premierships. He's won you know, 203 games, lost 126 in his career. Has he earned the benefit of the doubt with the Hawthorne faithful? I don't know. I think maybe he has. Now, the, the flip side of this, though, is that Hawthorne is, if I'm not mistaken, they are one of the oldest, if not the oldest team, average-wise, in the entire competition. And they're struggling. So are they at a point in time where they need to rebuild? Are they at a point in time where... They need to realize that we've got some of these older players that we need to jettison. We saw it begin last year in a way with Ruffy when they sent Ruffy down to the VFL. And that was great imagery watching him help to coach his opponent on how to play the game well. That was that was just a class move, I thought. That was so impressive to see that. And then he got to, I believe he got to come back up for a farewell game with the, the senior team. But we're at a unique point in time in uh, 
in the league where there really there are not the VFL games. You know, if you decide you want to, you know, blood one of your your debutantes or several of your debutantes, there's not a VFL game to send some of your older players down. There are the little scratch matches, so maybe you do that, but I don't know. You know, it's uh, you know, Jordan Lewis was uh, on Fox Footy Radio and was talking about. Maybe they need to do a rebuild, and is he the right person to do that rebuild? Does he have the energy, the desire to do it? Because, you know, rebuild's going to take anywhere between three to five years. That is unless you're a Cleveland Browns fan like I am, and then it could take 20 years. And the concrete still isn't dry on the rebuild. Hopefully this year, if we get to play. But, you know, he's only 52 years old. Now, he is, I think, the, the third oldest coach in the competition. Most of them are in their 40s, and I think there's two or three that are still in their late 30s. But in my mind, 52 is not necessarily old because he's younger than I am. But you'll have to let me know because I've, I've not done the research on you know the history of, of coaches in the VFL and in the AFL. Is 52 considered too old to be coaching at the senior level to be a senior coach is the thought process here that they don't have the the drive the dedication to want to do the work which i don't see with him i think he's frustrated we've seen some of that in some of the uh the comments that he's made post game about the way that the the game is being adjudicated but i don't i i don't think he has lost any of his abilities as a coach most certainly you know, so, you know, I, I, I think that he's uh, somebody who deserves the benefit of the doubt. Now, the leadership of the club, they may decide that if they're going to rebuild, maybe they talk to him. Maybe he decides, you know what, I've done enough in the game. Maybe I want to step away. Maybe I want to assume a role like Paul Ruse did in the media. I don't know. I think it would be very interesting watching, you know, Alistair Clarkson on the couch or something of that nature. Ross Lyons has has uh, slid right into that role very well this year after having left Fremantle. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this. You know, I, I don't think he should go anywhere unless he wants to. But Jordan Lewis brought up that great question. Is he somebody who wants to do a rebuild? Because, you know, in all the time that I've been watching, now they had a little bit of a down year last year, but for the most part, the Hawks have been a perennial contender for most of the time that he's been in charge. So, you know, I, I wonder whether or not he is going to want to to stay in that position or not. And if he's going to leave, I think it should be a decision he gets to make. And again, I know that's not how it works. The coach doesn't usually get to decide that. But let's, let's use an analogy here in, in the United States, in the NFL. The New England Patriots. Again, I'm not a fan of New England. I respect them. But Bill Belichick used to be the coach of the Cleveland Browns back in the 1990s. Yeah, the early 90s. Became the, uh, the head coach of the New England Patriots. He's won six Super Bowls. He has lost the best quarterback to ever play the game. Tom Brady has gone to play for Tampa Bay. People are expecting the roof to cave in in New England. Now, they signed Cam Newton as his replacement, 
And maybe Cam Newton has a lot of success. But maybe Cam Newton falls on his face and has a terrible season. And maybe New England struggles. Maybe they don't get to the playoffs. Maybe, heaven forbid, if you're a New England fan, you finish below 500. Does that mean Bill Belichick should be fired? I think if, if somebody thinks that, I think you're out of your mind if you think that he should be fired. This is a guy who has brought that organization. Now, he's, he's brought that organization six Super Bowls. They played in a handful of other ones that they didn't win. That is a dynasty. If you look it up in the dictionary, there's a, there's a picture of the New England Patriots. There's a dynasty there. Now, Bill Belichick is in his mid to late 60s. Now, he may be getting close to where he wants to retire on his own terms. But are you telling me, like Alistair Clarkson, if he has a down year like he's having this year, that people are going to be calling for Bill Belichick's head and that he should be fired? I think they're out of their friggin' minds if that's the case. I think it would be absolutely ridiculous if that was the case. So I, I, I hope that, you know, as long as Alistair Clarkson wants to be there and as long as he's able to do the job effectively and if they decide to rebuild, that he's, he's up for that and he can do that job and make that happen. More power to him. He should have that position. But I, I, I think it's crazy to see people saying, well, yeah, he needs to go. And that petition, and again, I think it, it's a joke petition, I think, but at last I saw it had over 50 signatures on it. I didn't sign it. Now, as a cat supporter, I'm supposed to sign it six or eight times. I didn't sign it because I, I think that uh, I think that he's, you know, he's kind of the dean of coaches. Now, he's not the oldest because Chris Fagan's the oldest by a few years, but Fagan was on his coaching staff at one time and has now gone on to be very successful with Brisbane. So, yeah, I, I think it's crazy to, sit, to think that he's going to be possibly out of a job at the end of this year. Now, if he decides he wants to retire, then more power to him. Go enjoy life. You've dedicated 35 years to this game, going back to your playing days and your coaching days. So, you know, I have, I have, no, I, no, I have no idea what's going to happen with this, but I've got no problem if he, if he decides to step down. Go for it, because I think there are a lot of teams out there who may, you know, may be looking for a coach next year who would snap him up in a heartbeat and say, you know what, you are a better option for our players than our current coach. Who knows? Who knows? Now, before I get into the, uh, the tips for this week, uh, there are a couple things I wanted to touch on real quickly. And first off, I wanted to, to thank, and I'm probably going to get the name wrong, but I think it's... Uh, Pozzola, it's Mark Pozzola from Yaraville. And I want to thank Mark for uh, sending me a copy of Adam Rosenbach's book, Paris and Other Disappointments. I talked with Adam um, from the Junk Time AFL podcast uh, a couple of months ago, and his book came up during the course of the uh, conversation. And Mark reached out and said, oh, yeah, I've got a copy of that. I'll send it to you. And it arrived Two days ago. So, Mark, I appreciate you sending that. It showed up in pristine shape. I got a, uh, I could say, a 2013 Bulldogs membership lanyard as well. So, I appreciate that, sir. And it, you know, from what I have seen in the first, you know, dozen or so pages, it's going to be a pretty funny book. Uh, so, Adam, I'm looking forward to reading it. I will give you a uh, some feedback afterwards. I appreciate you reaching out and saying, hey, if there's any uh, contextual things that I wasn't sure about, to ask you about it. I appreciate that. It's great to hear that. Um, 
But again, Mark, thanks for sending it to me. So I'm, and I'm going to share that with, uh, when I finish with the French teacher at, uh, my high school, because I think she would probably enjoy it as well. Well, let me finish reading it first before I pass it along to her. I'm not going to say that blindly because there might be parts in there that she may not want to read. Uh, now, secondly, you know, I've not done any advertising on my podcast at all. I've been exploring those types of things. I've not done it yet. But I did want to take a moment um, to mention something from one of my former students. Now, I've been a teacher for 26 years, a little over 26 years, and I've had probably 2,500 students in my classes over the years. So hopefully I've made a difference with one or two of them. I keep in touch with a lot of them online. Um, and uh, at this point in my teaching career, I actually do a better job of remembering the names of the kids that I had in class 15, 20, 25 years ago than the kids that I had in class last year. This whole memory thing is is starting to go on me. So I'm, I, I, I don't remember all the names. I tell the kids that at the beginning of the year. I said, I'll be able to tell you where you sat, which homework assignment you forgot to turn in, you know, what color your shoes were on the Thursday before last, but I may not remember your name. Um, but uh, I had a student uh, that I had in class a number of years ago who reached out, um, and he and his significant other are both artists. Both of them are, are very talented. Um, Kylie, his significant other, actually created a, uh, a little project for me that I display in my yard every summer. Um, something she painted on sandstone for me. Um, but Dan reached out to me last week and, uh, you know, like you might see a lot of different, you know, businesses that pop up on Facebook that said, Hey, like this page, that sort of thing. Well, he, he reached out on a, a direct message or an instant message and said, Hey, you know, you want to take a look at this, um, and like this if you, if you find it interesting. So I checked it out and I told him, I said, I'm going to go ahead and do you one better. I said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about your uh, new venture that you're doing on my podcast, which he was very surprised by. Um, so he's working on creating some unique handmade jewelry and other types of home decor, that sort of thing. Who's doing a lot of work with resin, uh, some beautiful stuff. So if you're looking for something unique as a gift, uh, some beautiful stuff there. I strongly encourage you to check out his website, which is called faroutoriginals.com. Faroutoriginals is all one word. So faroutoriginals.com. I'll put a link to the uh, site in my show notes. But Dan, I wish you best of luck with your endeavor. Kylie, I wish you best of luck with your, uh, your continued painting as well, because you've done some beautiful stuff over the years. So I wanted to go ahead and, uh, and share that with you. And Dan, if you're listening... The first one's free. <laughs> um, but before I wrap up today, I wanted to get into my tips for this week. And if uh, you listened to my mea culpa earlier in the week, you know I'm no expert. In fact, last week was a terrible week. I got four out of nine right. It was an awful week. Um, so if you're relying on me to help you decide on what uh, games you should pick and who you should pick to win please rely on somebody else because I don't know anything, okay? I would, uh, I would talk to Mr. Brownless, who's doing the, uh, the, the betting things on television. Um, but the first game of the weekend, and this is the first game back at Optus Stadium in a while, and it's Geelong and Collingwood. 
And I've got Geelong winning this one by 10 points. Now the Pies, they've got uh, two more weeks without Steel Sidebottom. And they got a huge boost of energy from uh, Will Hill this past week. And unfortunately, you know, he hurt his elbow and is going to be out for several weeks. Um, Brody Majacek had a fantastic game. They should have Jordan Degoe back this week. But I think the Cats are going to be able to take them. Uh, they, had, you know, We've seen some, some great footy from Sam Menegola the last couple of weeks. I've been very impressed with him. And... Uh, was very pleasantly surprised by the efforts of Sam Simpson this past week as well. So you've got a couple of injuries uh, with uh, Quentin Narkel and uh, Mitch Duncan in the midfield. They fill those holes this week. Possibly Jack Stephen comes back up. I think the the, uh, the Pies with a uh, you know much more confident Sava Radaglia playing up forward and working in the ruck along with Darcy Fort. I think they go ahead and take this game. Now again. I'm not saying that the ruck position of the Cats is better than the ruck position of the Pies. Don't get me wrong. Okay, Brody Gundry, Brody Grundy is one of the best. May not, may in fact be the best. So, but I think the Cats are, are figuring out that they've got a couple kids that might be able to help out. I'm not saying they're going to be the bee's knees and they're going to be able to, to handle it, you know, against Grundy. But maybe they can hold their own. The next game this week is uh, Brisbane and GWS. And I've got Brisbane winning this one by eight points. You know, they stumbled last week against Geelong, but I think that they're going to bounce back. GWS is scuffling a little bit. And I think, quite frankly, the Lions have far too much firepower in their midfield to drop back-to-back games. I think they're going to win this game. So I've got Brisbane winning that game by eight points. And then we've got Essendon and Western. And I'm sorry, Frode. Uh, I've got Essendon winning this one by ten points. Essendon's been playing pretty well. They're probably going to be without Dylan Shield this week at least, possibly two. He's been suspended for two, but they're supposedly taking it to the tribunal and trying to get it uh, knocked down by a week. And the Bulldogs are arguably second behind the Swans in just in terms of the, the number of injuries. You know, they're, they're banged up. Uh, they'll get Hayden Crozier back this week, but I don't think that's enough to stop the Bombers. So I've got Essendon winning that one by 10. Then we got Gold Coast and Sydney. Now Sydney is is just absolutely reeling, as I'd mentioned before. You know they lost Josh Kennedy, they lost Isaac Heaney. They're struggling to mark the ball. I think I, I read uh, that they had only they only took I think three or four marks in the forward fifty during the entire game against Richmond this past weekend. They're they're lacking the talls they need to compete down there. So I think they're going to really struggle to uh, to score points, and the Suns, yeah, are still playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, they lost last week. It was their first game, their first full game without Matt Rowell. and uh, well, they what they do, they replaced him with uh, Isaac Rankin, and Rankin had a fantastic game. I believe he had three goals. You know, the Suns may not win a lot of additional games this year. But they're playing competitive footy. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They are an exciting team to watch. So I think that they're going to get to win this week over Sydney. Now, Richmond and North Melbourne. I've got Richmond winning this one, this one by 16 points. And Richmond gutted out it. And let's be honest, it was an ugly game. The weather was ugly. The footy was ugly. And, and quite frankly, 
if you're like me, you're still waiting for the real Richmond team to show up. Who are they? You know, Richmond left a lot of players behind in the hub. Um, you had, you know, children being born. You had illnesses. You had all sorts of things happening. But these, these guys are still the defending premiers. And I would argue that maybe they haven't exactly been playing like that. So I do have them winning this game. But I, I think they're too talented to not win this one. And I, I, I put it at 16 points. It may not be that high. But I think Richmond is still the better team here. And I uh, I think that what's going to happen is that the uh, Damian Hardwick is going gonna, is gonna to show the guys a picture of them sitting there with all the confetti last year with their premiership medals on and going, hey, guys, remember, you won this last year. You're a pretty damn good team. Maybe you should go out there and show it. So I think that, I think Richmond takes this one by 16. Now, Carlton and Port Adelaide. And this one may surprise you. I put it out there with uh, uh, Terry Degani yesterday on his uh, Blue Abroad website on Facebook. I said, take a listen to the podcast this week because you might like who I'm going to tip in this one. And uh, I've got Carlton beating Port Adelaide by 11 points. Yep, I've got Carlton winning this one. The Power are going to be home next week. They're going to be playing a long stretch of games at the Adelaide Oval. Unfortunately, they've still got one more game in Queensland before they get to go home. And they're facing an upstart team in the Blues. You know, Carlton has had some big wins this year. Knocking off Geelong, knocking off Western this past week, dominating Western this past weekend, quite frankly. You know, being only the second club to score 100 points this year with the 16-minute quarters. So, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to see, in some ways, some similarities between Richmond of the last few years and Carlton. Now, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying Carlton is at that point right now. But they're playing like a team. You know, Richmond may not have had the best group of players when they won the premiership. But what they had was a really good group of players that played well together. And I'm starting to see that a little bit with Carlton. They're playing together pretty well as a team. And, you know, that, that whole idea of, you know, the, the, the sum being, you know, the greater than their parts. You put them all together, it becomes dynamic. You take it, you know, you take them apart, maybe they're not so hot. But you work together, they're going to have some success. And to me, they're brimming with confidence. Okay, I, I, I think Carlton wins this one by 11 points. And I, I jotted down here, I said, I think the power are going to be, and, and and maybe I'm wrong about this part of it, but the back of their mind, they've got to be thinking to themselves, we get to go home after this game. So even for just a slight second or two, Port Adelaide may be distracted by the fact that they get to go on a plane and take a ride back home to see friends and family after this game is done. So, you know, I think that the, I think that the power is going to drop this one. And I think the Blues are going to help make that flight just a little bit longer for them. Metaphysically, of course. Now, Melbourne and Hawthorne come back to the, uh, to the Hawks again after I talked about them quite a bit earlier here. Melbourne finally got off the schneid and got a win last week, knocking off the Suns. It was a close game. I think it was a 17-point difference. Okay. I've got Melbourne winning this one by 10 points. 
you know, to me, the D's actually figured out last week, you know what, we've got a lot of talent on this team because they have not played up to the level of talent that they have on that club, and they did it last week. You know, and as I mentioned before, there's a lot of stories about what direction the Hawks should be taken. But again, this this year is a lot different. You know, the, you know if the Hawks struggle to string wins together, What's going to happen? Are we going to start to see some debutantes coming up? Are, we, are, are the Hawks going to you know, sit down and talk to some of their older senior players and say, hey, look, we need to find out what we have with these young kids? Especially if you know, we're going to see at the end of the season, if they decide to cut down on list sizes, doesn't a club who's getting ready to likely rebuild need to figure out what do we actually have in some of these young kids? Because if you're a team that has the idea of rebuilding in mind, you definitely want to know what you have with the youngsters before you possibly jettison them and they end up signing on with another club and coming back and making you regret the fact that, uh, that you've let them go. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, and if you think about it though, the fact that there is no VFL this year where, you know, teams like Hawthorne could send some of the senior players down for a game or two to allow them to still get some work while they allowed the, the younger kids to come, you know, come up and get some experience at the senior level. COVID-19 certainly has not done any favors for Hawthorne. West Coast and Fremantle. Yeah, it's a Fremantle home game. And I don't really know if I want to pick against Fremantle after what I saw last week. You know, there were a lot of frustrated Fremantle fans at the end of the first quarter. I saw them on Twitter. And at the end of the game, they were pretty thrilled because they fought back hard. But I've got West Coast winning this one by 12 points. Like I said, I'm not sure if I want to pick against the Dockers, but I'm going to here. Um, But I think that the Eagles are finally getting to that point where they're going to establish themselves as a contender for the Premiership, which is what most of us thought they were going to be. Most of us thought that they were going to be contenders for the premiership. So this is not anything new. Okay. So like I said, I've got West Coast winning that one by 12 points. And the last game of the week then is St. Kilda and Adelaide. And Adelaide's back at home. So they're thrilled to get home. They're thrilled to have some home cooking, sleep in their own beds. But they're going to be without their captain, Rory Sloan, for the next several weeks. He broke his hand last week. And, you know, Adelaide has a very young list. But I don't think they get the win this week either. So I've got St. Kilda winning this one by 19 points. It might be a little further than that, but that's 19 is really about as far out as I want to go on making any kind of predictions, okay? You know, the hiccup that St. Kilda had last week where they, they, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, I don't think they let that sort of thing happen again, Okay. I think they keep their, their foot on the gas pedal and ensure that they uh, they go ahead, if they get a lead, to maintain that lead. Yeah, so if you if, that's why I'm saying that 19 points. If, Adel- if, if St. Kilda gets a lead, that 19 could turn into 29 or 49 quickly because I don't think they're going to let up because of what happened to them last week. So I think it's going to be at least another week before the Crows taste victory. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a competitive game. You know, those of you in the U.S., they did uh, already publish the seven games that are going to be broadcast here in the States. 
The first one being at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning on Thursday, which is uh, Geelong and Collingwood. And that is on ESPN3. And the rest of the games are on ESPN2 or Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 2. So there's my tips for the week. You'll have to let me know how I did. But don't forget, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm terrible at this. Okay, but that's that's uh, that's who I chose. But I will say, and I'm pretty thrilled about this, I do have a middle-of-the-pack super coach team. So my team is right about in the middle. So there's about half the, half the teams are better than mine, and half the teams are worse than mine. So I'm going to take that uh, the approach that Mason Cox was taking early on when uh, people were giving him a hard time about his performance on the field and where he might have been struggling, but he started to do some things well here and there, and he said something to the effect, you know what, I've only been playing this game for a couple of years. You've been playing it your whole life. Now, you haven't been playing super coach your whole life if, if you're out there, but uh, I'm pretty pleased with where I am. I'm not going to I'm not gonna finish at the top of it. I'm, I don't know the game that well yet. And I don't know super coach that well, quite frankly. I keep making dumb trades. But uh, although I did get Sam Simpson in my lineup, which was really helpful. So like I said, those are my tips for this week. Let me know what you think, okay? And ladies and gents, don't forget that while you can find this episode of this podcast on the Podbean app at a yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find my podcast at your favorite provider, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, it's showing up on dozens of them out there. Okay. You know, I hope you'll consider giving me a review. Let's me know what I need to work on. Let's me know what I'm doing. Well, let's the podcast host know what, uh, is going well. I think this past, uh, month I was the number, according to chartable, I was the number 20 football podcast in Australia. I guess that's out of all, you know, whether it be the AFL, VFL, or um, the NFL. So I think they lumped them all together. So a few people are listening, and I appreciate that. And I'd love to get some feedback from you. So don't forget, you can reach me at at uh, a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter. Also on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I want to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music. He's produced some great stuff. I'm using Elevation and Backplate. You can find his music at josephmcdade.com backslash music. Again, Mr. McDade, thanks a bunch for your hard work and your wonderful music. If you want to take a listen, listen to some of his stuff, I'll have a link in the show notes as well, as well as that email form. Hopefully you'll consider filling that out. And ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening. Without this, uh, without you listening, I'd, I probably wouldn't be doing this. So I, I thank you for taking time out of your schedules to fit me into your schedule, for saying that I am worthy of some of the time in your busy day. And I, and I know how busy it is. I have dozens of podcasts that I'm, I'm interested in. And I, you know, I have a hard time finding time in the day to do all of the things that I want to do that I need to do. So I appreciate you listening. I really, truly do. And, uh, you know, keep in mind, ladies and gents, that while we're not all fans of, of the same team, we're fans of our team, but we do love a game. It's one that we all love, and that's the game of footy. And for those of you who are watching games in the U.S. or in Canada, don't forget that Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. Again, thank you so very much. 
And I ask that you consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 33 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and I hope you'll consider sharing the podcast. Until next time, goodbye.